The Supreme Personality of God, or what in English is called God, in German, almost the same word, is it? God. God, almost the same word. But we say the Supreme Personality of Godhead. It's a longer term, but it's more precise. Because if we say God, then people don't know what to think. They have all kinds of ideas. I saw some... BBC program asking different people what they think of God, but as if it's just some opinion poll. <laughs> I think God's like that. I think like this, something else. People have no clear idea. But Krishna <coughs> is the supreme personality of Godhead. Godhead, this is a term that's been used in Hare Krishna been used in uh, Western philosophy to mean the absolute truth. What is the absolute truth? Generally people think absolute truth is something vague, undefined, indescribable, unnamed. Krishna is the personality of Godhead. Not a vague idea. Very clear person. Just like this is Advaita Gaurahari. This is Nirmala Krishna. What's your name? Can I ask her? Illava. Illava. Alright. So if we say Illava, what's your name? Yajvinda. Mitravinda. Yajvinda. Yajvinda. Or Yajvinda. Yajurveda. Yajvinda. Yajvinda. So Illava. If we say that name, then, at least those who know her, they can think of a specific person. If I say Illava, then I don't think of Nirmal Krishna. If I say Nirmal Krishna, I don't think of uh, who's some famous person in the world. Barack Obama. Different person. A specific name with a specific person. So Krishna is the supreme personality of God means the supreme truth has his personality and appears in many forms just like you can see here this picture Krishna and Arjuna at Kurukshetra and you see many forms isn't it? but all those forms are forms of the same person except one <laughs> it's Krishna and Arjuna in the bottom right are Krishna and Arjuna and all the other forms are forms of Krishna. But the original form is the one in the bottom right, looking at Arjuna. So, it's quite a complex topic. How God is one, He's the Supreme Person, and He has many forms also. In fact, in one sense, everything we see is Krishna. In another sense, He is distinct from and superior to everything. And he just had his birthday. How about that? 
God's birthday. How can God have a birthday? <laughs> if he has a birthday, that means that prior to his birthday, he didn't exist. Is that right? No, no, yes. Well, that's what they think in the Western world. They think that you're born and then you die. And then that's before you're born, you didn't exist. But after you die, you don't, you cease to exist. And the body is just a group of chemicals that somehow or other come into being. And when they finish, either by old age or cancer or bomb attack or whatever, then it's all over. However, uh, Krishna's existence and actually the existence of all of us is uh, not just when we're just seen in the body. Ajopisan avyayatma. Bhutanam Ishvarotvisan Prakritam Svamadishaya Sambhavamiyatnamaya In Bhagavad Gita, Krishna explains himself. He is unborn. We have the, the birthday of the unborn. Even though he's unborn and his form never deteriorates. Krishna, he doesn't grow old. He doesn't die. He doesn't get born either. We just had his birthday. <laughs> Now you're getting confused. But still, he's the, and even though he's the controller of everything and everyone, still he appears in this world by his own transcendental potency. So Krishna has his birthday, although he's not born. What does that mean? That his birthday or his appearance in this world, actually Krishna appeared in this world 5,000 years ago in his original transcendental form, that he comes for his own pleasure. That's not like you and me. I was born in this world, in this body, due to previous karmic reactions. I didn't choose where to be born. I didn't choose uh, what kind of body I'd get, but we get different bodies according to what we do in previous lives. But Krishna is not like that. Krishna comes from the spiritual world, his eternal abode. And he comes in this world out of his kindness to pick us up out of this world. I was just just, just saying to Nirmal Krishna Prabhu, he's from Sri Lanka and I've lived most of my life in India and neighboring countries. That it's so different. Here and there, if you go in a village in Sri Lanka and come in a town in Germany, it's, it's so different. The climate, the culture, the whole outlook, life is so simple comparatively there, compared to here. Simple means, they, even in Sri Lanka there are villages, there aren't any cars at all. You can't even imagine. And people don't even use money in some places. They don't need money. They don't need money. They grow their own food. And that's it. <laughs> There's no need of money. Still, there are some places like that. Uh, so, and then people are very simple. If I, if I go there, then uh, the whole village will come to see me. They'll be very happy. So it's a very different culture. But then I thought that... <coughs> All right, Sri Lanka is very different to Freiburg, but then how different is the spiritual world? That's very different altogether, because in the material world, whether it's Sri Lanka or Germany, 
or anywhere in between, basically the same things are going on. Eating, sleeping, mating, defending, birth, death, old age, disease, lust, greed, anger, all these things are going on. This is the material world. Krishna comes from the spiritual world and comes to invite us back to the spiritual world. Krishna has no suffering. Krishna has no old age. Krishna has no death. Krishna is blissful. And he comes to invite us to the spiritual world where we can live eternally. Happily. Doing what? Dancing and singing with Krishna. Everyone likes to dance and sing. You like to dance and sing? Mostly people, they like to dance and sing in this country after they need some intoxication first. <laughs> then they can get a little enlivened. But Krishna, he's always dancing and singing. I heard, I, I never read the works of Nietzsche, one of the famous German <laughs> philosophers. Uh, he didn't like God. He didn't like the idea of God. God is dead, according to his idea. But apparently he said that I would, I could accept a God if he danced. Well, Krishna's dancing. Come back, Nietzsche. Too late. He blew it. In that lifetime, he didn't find out that God is dancing. Because God means the Supreme. What does that mean? Generally people think God Supreme <coughs> Because we have the idea, if I was supreme, I'd smash everyone. And if they don't do what I like, I'll throw them and burn them and punch them. But Krishna is supreme, but he doesn't need to show how great he is. He, anyway, he's great. But he's just enjoying and blissful. And he invites everyone to come. Dancing. Singing. Eating nice food, no meat, no sausages. <laughs> uh, and no sense of exploitation, just everyone is blissful in the service of Krishna. That's the difference between the spiritual world and the material world. In the material world, everyone wants to enjoy themselves. Everyone wants to put themselves in the center. Just like... Uh, you might hear some news. Fifty people killed in an avalanche in Peru, just for instance. I don't know. If you any day if you look at the newspaper, there's always something. Hundred people killed in a plane crash, fifty people killed in an avalanche, people killed in floods, bus crash, every day there's something like that. So you read it, hundred people killed in a in a bus crash in Pakistan, something like that. You read it. And then you're walking out and you hit your toe. And your toe hurts. And to you, it's more important. You f you're more concerned with the pain in your toe than a hundred people died in Pakistan. Isn't it? So it's... We think I am very important. And what happens to me is the be-all and end-all of life. And we, we spend our whole lives, our whole endeavor, just trying to make arrangements so that we can be comfortable and enjoy ourselves. 
Although most of the time we're not comfortable and we're not enjoying ourselves. People work most of their life just to get some facility so they can eat and sleep and Friday night and Saturday night they go out and so-called enjoy themselves. And the rest of the time it's just working, especially in Germany. Working is working is a religion right here. It's a, you have to work. It's the, the main thing in life is just to work. But in Krishna's land, there's no work. No work. Ah, no. What shall we do? No factories. No police. Oh, it's very dangerous. <laughs> no hooligan, no hooliganism, no terrorists. There's singing and dancing. And no one gets bored. And no one needs to take any intoxication. Because everyone is centered on serving Krishna. They think, well, serving. Better that they should serve me. But that's why we're in this material world. Because we think that everything should be centered around me. But actually, if we just consider a little bit philosophically, we are not the center of everything. We have news for everyone. Great news. We are not the center of everything. We are controlled. We are not independent. There's the great idea. We should be free. We have our rights. Okay, well, how free can we be? Can we be free to stop old age? We can do yoga and take vitamin E tablets, anti-intoxicants, what's it called? Antioxidants and all this kind of thing. But still, the lines will come on your face. The eyes will, the vision will start to fade away. The hearing will fade away. The teeth will fall out. We can't, we, how much freedom do we have? Yeah, I want the freedom to speak out. Yeah, freedom to speak out. But we're, we're actually extremely limited beings. That's the fact. And we can't control. Who's controlling? Who's controlling in this world? They, they, they have a chancellor of Germany. What's her name? It's a, Merkel. Whatever it is. But how much she can? How much can she control? Actually, police. What? How much can they control? They're trying to, but people are taking drugs. There's so much drugs coming in. They're trying to catch them. They don't catch them. So how much can we control? We, have, we are, we are controlled. Our basic existence is that we are controlled. We have to die. There's no choice. We don't have any choice. I vote, we make a new political party, the No Death Party. <laughs> yeah. or, uh, you can vote as much as you can have a big protest and go out in the streets. <laughs> make a big protest. We protest. We don't want to die. You can do whatever you like. There's nothing you can do to stop death. You see, the scientists, they've invented so many pills, pills for, and treatments for all different kinds of diseases, for AIDS, I don't think they have anything to stop them. For, for cancer, they have this chemotherapy that has killed practically everything in your body, including the cancer. There are so many drugs, you're in the pharmacy, so many drugs for stop, it's supposed to stop so many diseases. Why, why is no one researching a drug to stop death? How about that? What do you think about that? Drug to stop death? Why don't they have a drug to stop death? They don't even think of it, is it? 
because we know we are we are controlled, we are forced to die. So uh, we may desire to enjoy ourselves in so many ways, but by the laws of nature, we can only enjoy to a limited extent. We may like to eat lots of food, but then we get indigestion. If you overeat, then for a few days afterwards, depending on your constitution, you can't digest properly afterward. We may like that, uh, well, I'll just, I'll, I'll just do what I like, but no, you have to go to work, you have to, you have to do something. There are so many rules. If, even if you have to drive on one side of the road, you can't drive on the other side. So many rules that we have to follow. The rules of nature, the rules of the state. We are controlled beings, but in our illusion, we like to think that we are independent. So, uh, Krishna consciousness is very blissful. That means to uh, dance with Krishna, sing with Krishna, live with Krishna, play with Krishna, talk with Krishna. How about that? You can talk with God. Directly, face to face, just like I'm looking at you. We can talk face to face with God. And He is so unlimited, He can have a personal relationship with everybody. How many friends do, do we have? How many friends do people have? Most people only have one, their dog. That's about it. My best friend. How many dog, how, how many dogs can you have? How many friends can you have? Do you think it's possible to have a thousand friends? Not really. I mean, you can say everyone's my friend, but a friend means you know someone, you have a relationship with them, you interact with them. When you see them, you know their name, and you, you know about them, and you've, had, you've been through things together with them. How many friends can you have? Five hundred to too many. Maybe in life you can only have a few good friends, isn't it? But Krishna is the friend of everyone because he's unlimited. He can have a personal relationship with any number of beings. Personal relation. We can personally speak and talk with him and, and sing with him and dance with him and have jokes with him. How about that? That's better than just some idea of God, some vague cloud that you, that you just merge into. Isn't it better to be with God, sing with God, dance with God? So he's offering that opportunity, but the underlying principle is that we have to serve Him, to accept that we are controlled, we are not independent. We are. That's the first principle of Krishna consciousness, is to understand that we are controlled living beings, and if we just accept that, then we can get the mercy of Krishna. Krishna's control, it's, it's benign control. It's not that, like, the, this idea of God who kicks almost everyone into hell and just a few people go to heaven and they're sitting in heaven laughing at everyone in hell. It's not like, it's not like that. Krishna is the friend of everyone. But there, even in friendship, there are certain there's certain protocol, right? Like you might be friends with the uh, with the president of America, but still he's the president of America. You might be joking with him, but still he's the president and you're not. He has a certain position and you don't, and that has to be observed. So the difference between uh, 
our position and Krishna's position is much greater than the, posi- the, the difference between our position and the President of America's position. It's, it's, a, it's practically unlimited difference because Krishna is unlimitedly great and we are, un- we are unlimitedly small. He is infinitely great and we are infinitesimal. But out of his kindness, he makes himself available to us, that we can talk with him, laugh with him, dance with him, sing with him. And service to Krishna is natural. It's not that there's someone in the spiritual world with a whip behind you saying, hey, get up, do some service. It's not like that. But because Krishna is supreme in beauty, in love, in sweetness, that in the spiritual world, everyone is attracted to Krishna. Krishna means all attracted. So everyone naturally wants to serve Krishna. It's a natural thing to do. It's, it's not that you have to make some philosophy, get up in the morning and think some philosophy. Ah, yeah, I have to serve Krishna. Okay, all right. Not like that. Naturally, everyone is very eager to serve Krishna. Everyone runs to Krishna. They want to see him. They want to be with him. So Krishna comes to this material world just to remind us where we are supposed to be, what we are supposed to do. We're supposed to be with him. Our natural constitutional position is in his service. He comes uh, and he reminds us about who we are and who is he and what is our relationship he does that by speaking Bhagavad Gita the concise and complete now it's in a book of course when Krishna spoke it it's not in a book we think of it as a book but actually Krishna spoke that Krishna's teachings about who are we who is supreme what is the nature of this world? What is the nature of the spiritual world? What is the nature of the illusion that keeps us in this world? How we can be free from that illusion? All these points are covered in Bhagavad Gita. In 700 verses, it's not very much, actually. In 700 verses, a synopsis of all spiritual knowledge is given. Beginning with the knowledge that no one is born, no one dies. Only the body is born and the body dies. And when one body dies, we go from one body to another. We are spiritual beings. We are eternal. So that is the beginning of knowledge. And Krishna, He also brings us or attracts us to Him by showing uh, the atmosphere of the spiritual world. When Krishna comes, He performs amazing activity to attract us. What he does in the spiritual world, he does here, just to show us what it is like to be there with him. So, uh, he's dancing, he's singing, he's laughing, that all goes on. And also many amazing activities, just like showing this form. He showed his form uh, that he is everything and everything is within him. Even though he's a person, he's unlimited. Yeah, if we think of a person, we think of something specific. 
Yevallah. Is it? Did I get it right? Here she is. She wasn't here. She went out. You went outside. So, if you're here, you can't be there also. Unlimited means he should, God is everywhere, right? Isn't it? God is everywhere. So, we are not everywhere. I'm sitting here. I was in Zurich. Now I'm not in Zurich. So, if you're a person, it seems that you should be limited, right? You're limited by space. You're limited by time. I'm 53 years old. 54 years ago, there was no entity by the identifiable with the present body that I'm in. And in another 53 years, pretty sure, also this body will be dead and <coughs> the entity associated with this body or the, the what is considered the, this body, the person, that will be gone. But I continue to exist. The person continues to exist. But we are persons we are only we are associated with one body. Krishna is the supreme person. His body, you can see his form, blackish, beautiful. But even though he is a person, that means he's in one place, but he's not limited because he's simultaneously present everywhere. You're getting lost there, translation? Yes. Is it getting a little difficult? No, it's okay. Okay, you just got... Is it possible to ask a question? Yeah, I'll, I'll finish in five minutes, and then we'll go to questions. So, uh, yeah, this is... It may be a little difficult to follow all these points, but uh, actually to understand this is, is the meaning of life. If we don't understand this, then what are we doing? If we don't understand who we are, what is the purpose of life? What is the nature of spiritual reality? What is the nature of God? Then what are we doing? We are eating, whether we're in Germany or Sri Lanka or wherever we are, we're eating, we're sleeping, having sex, having some fight, either verbal or physical, personally or nations. They fight with each other. But this is the business of the animals. The, the animals, they eat, they sleep, they fight. They have sex. So what is the difference between a human and an animal? In the human life we have enough intelligence to consider these things. So we should try to understand all this. In the, in the Western world, in much of the Western world, people they are not much interested in religion because they, they think, you know, what is that? You know, it's just some rituals. And there's, there's no... There's nothing there of any real substance. But this Vedic philosophy, Veda means knowledge. There's tremendous knowledge of who we are, what is the nature of God. It's not just you believe and that's it, finish. No, but we invite people that you have your God-given intelligence, use that to understand the nature of God. But we'll need some guidance, just like you can study some subject. You can study medicine. But you have to be... The books are there, the books of knowledge, but you have to be guided because the topic's a little complex. So we can imagine that the science of God is the most complex because He is the... Anything we learn. If we learn simple arithmetic, 1 plus 1 equals 2, 2 plus 2 equals 4, 
when it gets a little more complex we go to algebra x squared times x squared equals 2x4 and then we go up to trigonometry calculus and it gets we, we can't just take a little girl and teach her calculus she has to learn now I don't think they learn anymore they, we used to learn the multiplication tables 3 times 3 equals 9 3 times nowadays you just they just use a computer right, and calculate it so uh, yeah, but step by step, if the, if the subject matter is more uh, complex and subtle, then it will take more time to understand it. So the subject matter of God, in one sense it's very straightforward and easy because we all have a natural relationship with Him. On the other hand, to enter into the complexities of that, it's a big subject. So this is just uh, some introduction. There's much to be learned, but this is the meaning of life. Otherwise, like I say, we pass through life like animals, eating, sleeping, having a little enjoyment here and there, and then we just die. And then what What happened? What, what were we doing? Just gone. And if we don't use human life for understanding, spiritual matters, if we don't elevate our consciousness, then we become degraded, then we go back in the next life to the animal species. But if we develop spiritual consciousness, we can be elevated to a higher level of consciousness in our next birth, so that we can make more progress in the next life. Or if we become completely perfect in this life, we transfer directly to the spiritual world. We don't have to remain in this world. So we should see this world, it's, by nature, it's miserable. The, the pleasure, it might seem there's a little pleasure, the sun is shining. It, it, it might seem that the world is very nice. Well, tomorrow it might be raining, and then it's easier to understand this world is miserable. But even when the sun is shining, people are dying, people are suffering in so many ways, stress, depression, Everyone has to suffer old age and disease. So we're not meant and death. So we're not meant for this material world. We're meant for the spiritual world, which is all blissful in the association and service of Krishna. Krishna comes to this world. Uh, he has his birthday, the day when he came, is recorded. And we're celebrating, we just finished that celebration. And actually in, in Krishna consciousness, every day is a celebration singing and dancing every day, smiling. Devotees of Krishna, they smile a lot because they're happy. Natural happiness in association with Krishna. Yeah, what was your question, please? <coughs> in your opinion, or according to the Bhagavad Gita, is it that when you don't um, devote your life to Krishna, or let's say do meditation and yoga, <coughs> spiritual progress. When you don't do this, in this case, is it a wasted kind of life, or is it? Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, and if, if yes, so you could say that this society is like not doing any progress or little. 
Because if you, if you say that most of the people are not interested in spirituality. Yeah, okay. So you, you asked, in my opinion, or according to the Bhagavad Gita, let's say according to Bhagavad Gita. Hmm. Because my opinion, what does it matter? People may have various opinions, but what's the fact? Just like we may ask, in your opinion, one plus one equals what? And I might say two and a half. <laughs> but it doesn't, it's, it's not a matter of opinion. There are certain facts. So either what Bhagavad Gita states is true or it isn't. That we are getting body after body after body. Either it's a fact or it isn't. So we've based our life on the understanding that this is a fact. So uh, if if we don't take to Krishna conscious, if we don't take to spiritual <coughs> elevation, life is wasted. Yeah, that's a fact. That's a fact. It's we have so many births, one after another, and in every life we are eating, sleeping. We spend, just like you'll find some animals, they spend their whole life just looking for, looking for food. And actually humans do that also. I mean, they spend most of their life just working so that they can have food and pay the rent or whatever, pay their bills. So uh, unless we try for elevation, then yeah, what's the point? What are we doing? And then you said, then what's our society doing? What, what do you mean? Because there's not many people coming. Yes. Most people are I wasting mean, their lives. It's a fact. The power of illusion or maya is very strong. That's also stated in Bhagavad Gita. Manushanam sahasreshu Out of many thousands of people, someone might be interested in achieving the perfection of life. And do you believe that there are theories about this critical mass? That when there's kind of reach of so and so such a percentage of persons, that the society develops or the um, main. Again, do I believe? Uh, well, this this is a social theory. Yes. Isn't it? That that's called the tipping point. Is that what you're talking about? I didn't I hear know. this term before. It's like uh, when when a certain number of people start to do something and then. Uh, I, I just glanced at a book it was called The Tipping Point I was discussing this I just gave a couple of examples then I got the whole book just from the exam. I didn't need to read the whole book I read two paragraphs and got the essence it's just like um, they, they saw in America some tendencies some trends that in a middle class neighborhood white neighborhood when black people start to move in, when one or two blacks move in, nothing changes much. But then, when when it becomes like 8% or 10% of the area, then all the whites move out and then the whole area becomes black. So there's like a tipping point, or, or in fashion, that someone starts to wear... When I was a kid, we used to wear jeans, and it was like prestigious if they if they were worn out. That means you've been wearing them for a few. Levi jeans, if you have them, they were popular in those days. I don't know now, probably still. Hmm? These are Levi's, yeah. So it takes a they're they're well made, strong material. So you have to wear them for a few years for the knee to get worn out, right? And that's prestigious. So this is like a fashion trend. 
that when a few people start to do that and then more do it and then everyone wants to do it and now they make the jeans like that so it looks as if you you can buy it new so it looks like old that's the fashion <laughs> so so like this and, and then and they sales people they try or companies they try to instigate fashions or, or they or they watch how the fashions are developing and then they make their product like that so uh, can many people take to Krishna consciousness I guess that's another way of putting the question is it uh, yeah I think it's it's t- you're asking my, about my opinion well yeah I guess I can give my opinion on this uh, it's time for it it's time for society to make a change isn't it I mean uh, let's see the history of the Western world after the Second World War uh, in America especially there was, there was the feeling like yeah everything's great and everything's wonderful and now I know it was like I, I was, uh, and in in Europe both the winners and the losers <laughs> I'm from Britain so Britain theoretically was the winner of the war with America's help but both sides were smashed actually uh, so then there was economic problems, but anyway, it came up, and there was a feeling like everything's going to be wonderful. And when I was a kid at school, we used to hear that in future everything's going to be wonderful, and science is going to make everything wonderful, and uh, we won't need to work because machines will do all the work. What happened to that idea? <laughs> everything's wonderful, and then by now society is getting better and better you see before women didn't have souls you know that in in the church it's only in the 19th century that women got souls otherwise only men had souls and then they got they got souls they were allowed to have souls and then they got the vote and now they're heads of countries and everything is getting better you see everyone's got a car so you can drive around and then spend all your money on your car and sit in the traffic jam. Life is getting better. But already by the 1950s, at least in America, there was some feeling it's not so good. The the beatniks came out. And then in the 60s, there was like the... There was the generation after the, the baby boom which came out after the Second World War. This is some sociological topics, but as you asked about society, there was the, the baby boom, and they grew up into affluence, but they, which their parents had worked hard to develop society, so that society was uh, not struggling, as in pre-war and immediately after the war. But they were born into, and they weren't very impressed. Many of the, the people in the 60s and 70s came out the hippies, and they they weren't impressed by the materialism of society, and they protested against that by becoming hippies. And they didn't like the Vietnam War, which they were sent to. Uh, so from practically from that time, there's been. A developing feeling that something seriously wrong in society, and it's it's still there strongly. I mean, there's no movement like hippies. I mean, you still get hippies, but it's not like in the 1960s and 
It's not like it's, there was a feeling at that time that, yeah, we're going to change the world, flower power, and all this kind of thing. And it just devolves back into eating, sleeping, mating, and defending. But uh, among many people in the modern world, you can just say to them, and they'll agree that the whole society, there's something seriously wrong, people are not happy, it's very exploitive, uh, what they teach us in the schools and what they pump us with through the TV and the magazines, it's just some kind of brainwashing to keep us as some, some kind of unit that will work in some economic machine which is called modern life. Our education is for what? Well, they say so you can get a job and live, but if you take it from another perspective, just so that we can become part of the big economic machine, which benefits a few people, and what do you get? You get food, clothing, shelter, and that's all. And the whole society is very materialistic. Uh, I was talking about women's liberation, but women are, in the name of women's liberation, women are exploited, men are exploited. Everyone's exploited. The whole society's a mess. I saw some sign out there. Was, was that about children? Something about don't abuse children. Yes. Yeah, what what kind of society are we living in where there has to be advertisements not to sexually abuse children? Is this really a very good society? It's it's uh, it's degraded. It's highly degraded. People are not happy. So many people can appreciate that it's time for a change. Isn't it time for a change? The whole society needs a whole change. <coughs> and not just, uh, just that you can change from communism to capitalism or capitalism. There are so many, so many isms, but a whole change of consciousness is required. Uh, Capitalism and communism, they were enemies, but actually the basis with them was the basic ideas were the, were the same. That we're living in this world and we should enjoy this world. But they, but they both basically got the idea wrong. They're both based on the principle that, that uh, man, all people should have equal rights. They're just different... Uh, the equal rights and opportunities are just different perspectives on it, but neither delivered happiness. People are not happy. So yeah, it's time for a change. It can catch on, but it needs a lot of work because people are mesmerized or intoxicated, not just by direct intoxication, but, but by the whole society. It just keeps us in... The whole... The, we don't think, we're just, you know, go to work, earn some money, pay your bills, drink something, watch the TV. The TV is a big uh, brainwasher. You just sit in front of the TV and the newspapers, the magazines, they're all pumping the same idea. Life's good, enjoy it. If it's not so good, well, anyway, it's bad, but never mind, get on with life. But no one, no one is... Uh, no one is examining the underlying current that everyone's dissatisfied. Who is satisfied? Who can who can say they're fully satisfied? Or even if they are, people think, yeah, I'm satisfied. I've got, a, you know, I've got a. What is that in German? They say BMW, Bermuda, something like BMW, BMW, BMW. I've got and uh, I've got a big uh, dog, German Shepherd dog. 
got my wife or husband and a good career. Some people may say they're satisfied, but they're not. If, if people need to get drunk, or then, then their life, is, you can just from that, you can understand that there's something wrong in their life if they feel a need to take intoxication. Isn't it? If you need to take, if you feel a need, I need to take intoxication. Too strong. I need to relax. Dum, 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 dum. Something wrong. Artificial. So yeah, society, it's time for a change. Major change. Even economically, this society can't last. Can't last. It's, it's all based on oil, and the oil is going to run out, and then? There's so many things wrong. Look at the food they're giving you. Just a, the air you breathe is poisonous. The water you drink is poisonous. And you have to pay for it. If you want to get water that's a little less poisonous, you have to pay for it. I've never heard of paying for drinking water. And then uh, the food you eat is poisonous. And what kind of society is that? It's insane. It's so many diseases. So many people get cancer because we're just, with every breath and with every bite, we're, we're just taking in poison. And they have meetings, oh, we'll reduce it, this, that. Oh, what reduce? It's... Uh, they don't care. These big companies, they're making money. They don't care if the whole ecosystem is spoiled because they're getting money. So the world is mad. It's completely mad. It's time for a change. But uh, the political change, making riots, that, that won't change anything. We have, to, we have to work individually to change our consciousness. In, Instead of being exploiters of the world, we should be servants of the Supreme God. It's a completely different outlook on life. Completely different. So that's required. But this revolution begins with ourselves. We have to take it up ourselves. And it's not easy. Our movement is a revolutionary movement. We do want to change the world, that's true. It's revolutionary. But this revolution, it's not, like I say, it's not going to be not really political marches, but just individuals taking it up. And gradually, more and more can take it up. Um, but like in the beginning of a revolution, it's not easy because you're going against the whole current of society. And with a political revolution, you might think, well, we'll get power. But with this revolution, we're not interested in getting power. We don't even believe there is any power anyway. I mean, what is what is the power? How powerful is Obama? How powerful is whatever her name is, the Chancellor of Germany? How powerful are they? Yeah. So we're not interested in political power, but uh, uplifting the consciousness. It begins with ourselves, and it's not easy because the whole society is against it. If we think that I'll stop taking intoxication, stop having illicit sex, stop gambling, stop eating meat and all these things, and people think there's social pressure against it. They think you're crazy. Maybe uh, vegetarianism is accepted to some extent now, but if you say you want to stop having illicit sex and intoxication, people think it's very strange. They think there's something wrong with you. So, 
Yeah, it's a fight, but the fight is internal, but it's the best fight for the noblest cause, for the most beneficial cause. So, yeah, it can change the whole of society, but at least, even if in this generation it doesn't change, then at least we should see to ourselves, right? We can't change everyone, but we can we can do something with ourselves. Yeah, but um, in the Bhagavad Gita it says um, that one of one thousand is interested in Krishna consciousness. Yeah. So maybe it has to be as it is now. It has to be as it is. That yeah, because, because only a, only one in a thousand is interested. Well, by the grace of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, in the modern age, many people can take to Krishna consciousness very easily. What is normally accessible only after many births that everyone can take it very easily. And uh, we can present that and many people can take to it. If we have singing, dancing, joyful, uh, devotees, very blissful and happy, then uh, many people may take to it if they are exposed to it. So generally that's the case, that only a few <coughs> take to it. But one thing to consider also is when we say it's only a few, the uni- it's a big universe and it's not all empty. There are living beings on every planet. Uh, we may not be able to see them because there are different kinds of forms. They're not just gross forms like this. But God didn't create the whole universe with so many planets, just with one planet that there's the life on. But this, this earth planet is the best for God-realization. This, this one is the best, because there's, there's neither too much material happiness nor too much material distress. On some planets, because of good karma, living beings, they have so much material happiness that they don't feel any need for spiritual realization. But of course, they have to die also, so it's temporary. And on some planets, uh, the struggle is much worse than it is here. And suffering is more. So again, people... They're either they're enjoying too much or suffering too much to fix their minds or, or to understand the need for spiritual realization. But this planet especially is suitable for God-realization. So it may be one out of thousands, but more of them are here. In this human birth on this planet, we have better opportunity for God-realization. And especially... In this age, by the mercy of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he made the process very easy. Even without understanding a lot of complex philosophy or following many complex rituals, just by chanting the names of Krishna and leading a pure life, then we can get all the benefit of many, many lifetimes. Yoga, meditation, visiting holy places, studying scriptures, quickly. So, everyone's welcome to take part in it. Start wherever you're at, you can start. You, it's not that you have to shave your head to start in Krishna consciousness. It's not required. Later, if you want, if you want to take it up in that way, you can do But we don't say that you have to. Uh, start with chanting. Studying, you're studying Bhagavad Gita, I think, is it? Yeah. So you made your stuff. So go on. Anything else?
Yeah, we should distribute this knowledge also, these books. Yeah, I mean, if we distribute Bhagavad Gita, Srimad Bhagavatam, people can understand, people can appreciate that this is not just some uh, superficial knowledge. It's not like you give some book which says well, you just believe in this or you go to hell. It's not such a simplistic approach. It's a scientific approach. Scientific in the sense that... Uh, Everything is reasonably presented with knowledge of cause and effect. Yeah, anything else? If not, then we shall chant Hare Krishna, which is the perfection of spiritual understanding. Yeah? Devotion to Krishna consciousness in your life, how yeah. you can practice that? How do we practice it? Practically. No, how can somebody practice it? Not only Krishna devotees, everybody else, how can... Well, uh, if we practice Krishna consciousness, then we become a Krishna. <laughs> Others won't want to do it. Unless we have the idea to worship Krishna, then we won't want to do it. But like I said, it's you'll see me, I'm a monk, but it's most of the members, or most of the people doing that, they're, they're not monks. Just like here, Nirmal Krishna. What do you do? You have a business? Or? He's a businessman. You're chanting Hare Krishna? Um, not always, but sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. So what are you doing in your secular life? You're working as a financial consultant. Financial consultant. You're a student, is it? Yourself? Service. What kind of service? Um, McDonald's service. You serve McDonald's. Then? Businessman. Businessman. <laughs> What's your business? Hairdressing. A hairdresser. We are hairdresser. Hairdresser. You have your own shop, is it? Yeah. I see. So, all different kinds of people take to Krishna consciousness. The basic thing is to, the main thing is chanting. So apart from singing, we also have beads, meditation beads. So we chant the Krishna mantra on beads, fixed number of times every day. Like I said, I have this book, The Beginner's Guide. It's a practical guide, what to do if we want to practice Krishna consciousness. And we can take it up as much as we like, step by step. Anyway, you're just coming, so you come. You see, if you like, you can come again, find out more, take some books. Is that what? Did that satisfy you? Or did I answer the question? Or? Uh, no. Okay. okay, try again. Um, and you accept Krishna's co Krishna consciousness yeah. to practice. Um, how can you do that in your normal life? As Address, uh, McDonald's. Well, I tell you what, why don't you ask them? <laughs> we'll, we'll break no, up I, soon. I, I, I try to ask you, because you, you try to practice Krishna consciousness as a monk. Yeah. So, yeah. why do you do that? Why do you don't? Do you mean why I'm a monk and not a hairdresser? Maybe, um, do you follow some inner source? Do you... No, uh, we follow uh, it's, we follow <coughs> specific rules and regulations which are given in scriptures which are coming down from ancient times. Hmm? 
It's not just that we feel some inner inspiration and we do what we like, but there are certain rules and regulations to be followed. So we follow them. Monks have more rules than others. But uh, in any serious system of spiritual upliftment, there have, there have to be certain rules and regulations followed. You can't. It's not that you can do meditation and then go out and get drunk and make some spiritual advancement. There, have to, there has to be some uh, restriction on the rules. Are there for two things: to do, to um, have us do things which uplift our consciousness and restrain us from doing things which degrade our consciousness. Because uh, we're not in the perfect stage, we want to come to the perfect stage, and there are certain things that we have to do which will lift us to the perfect stage. It's not just by wearing this dress that we automatically become spiritually advanced. There are spiritual practices we have to follow, just like chanting Hare Krishna. That is practice which will uplift our consciousness. So we have to do that a minimum number of times. We have on the string of beads there are 108. So we have to chant on each bead Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. So when we go, there's 108 times and we have to do a minimum 16 times every day. Not singing, but speaking quietly. So that's something, if we don't do it, we won't get the benefit. We have to do something to get the benefit. So there's a rule that we have to do at least 16 times going around chanting. And then we have to concentrate on hearing the sound. So there are certain things we have to do. We have to rise early in the morning, which is the best time for spiritual consciousness. You'll find in any serious religious culture throughout the world that the People rise early in the morning. It's the best time for for uh, meditation, yoga, God consciousness. There are certain things to do. And there are certain restrictions also. No meat eating. No gambling. No illicit sex. Sex is allowed within married life, not for monks. And so some restriction is there. So yeah, there are rules to follow. It's not just some inner inspiration. But, there are, but the rules, they are to make us free. Because by following them, the, then the consciousness becomes elevated to the point that we are no longer ruled by our lower nature. We be, the rules help us to become free. Just to give a, uh, a mundane example, if we learn to play a musical instrument, just like a guitar, it's, you have to practice... And you have to follow us. You just can't pick it up and with some inner inspiration just play it. You have to get very strict training. And you, there are certain things you have to do. If you don't do it properly, then you, if you don't do the practice under an expert, then you, you'll never be able to play. But there comes a point where what, you, what you're doing just by practicing it becomes naturally. And at that point you can improvise and do so many things. But you have to take the training first. So it's like that in spiritual life also. So you mean when you accept these rules in your life, when you then um, um, to practice to practice devotion to Krishna consciousness in life means to accept these rules, to fulfill them in the life. Only these monk rules, they are uh, enough. 
to to practice. Yeah, the rules, but but like I say, the rules they're meant to bring out our they're meant to bring out the inner consciousness, the higher consciousness, to, to come to the point of. Krishna conscious means love for Krishna. Devotion means love for Krishna. So that is dormant in everyone's heart, but it needs to be revived by certain processes which increase our our attraction to Krishna. So we follow the rules, and there comes a point where uh, the natural attraction is revived. So when I see somebody in, in, in my neighborhood who has curious problems mm. and I know some solution for this problem, mm. do I have to help this person or is it just possible mm. to watch him? You know, the pro you know the solution. Well, it may not be so easy. Many times we think we have the solution, but the material nature is such that what we think is the solution often makes more problems. Just like uh, <coughs> President Bush thought he would make do something good by sending troops into Iraq, but it didn't work out. Just like to give an example. So we may think we have the solution, but the nature of material life is that this in every solution there's a new problem created. When you practice Krishna consciousness, you see a little bit more than the person itself. Sorry, I don't understand. When, when you live in Krishna consciousness, mm. you see a little bit more what this person basically needs than itself. So maybe you can... Do, do you mean like doing social work? Is that maybe what you're like that yeah. Well, is this necessary for this preaching, or can I only live and waste my time? Preaching Krishna or spreading knowledge of Krishna consciousness is actually the best welfare work. It's just like, for instance, uh, you can... You can do social work, for instance, to help people who are drug addicts or alcoholics. Or There are so many problems. Uh, you can help them to some extent. And there are people doing that. But uh, they can only help people to a certain extent. If someone is an alcoholic, with a lot of effort, you might be able to get them to stop being an alcoholic. But still, they have to suffer birth, death, old age and disease. So you're helping them to come up to a higher level of consciousness and behavior. But they're still at a level by which the basic sufferings of material life continue. So by preaching Krishna consciousness, or giving people, we're giving people the knowledge by which they can get free from all suffering eternally. Alcoholic or non-alcoholic, people have to suffer repeated birth and death. So we're giving the knowledge by which people can get free from all suffering forever. There may be and there should be various social workers, but our social work is on a, on a level altogether higher. Now, if someone's an alcoholic, it may be difficult to bring them to Krishna consciousness. That's true. It's easier to give Krishna consciousness to people who are not alcoholics. But uh, at the same time, this spreading of Krishna consciousness, should, we should try to distribute that uh, among the people who will, who can take to it. Because we're only a limited number of 
preachers of Krishna consciousness. It's just like in a battlefield. If there's so many men, uh, nowadays women also, they're wounded and there's a limited number of doctors. So on a battlefield, the doctor tries to help those who are least wounded, not most wounded. Because if someone is seriously wounded, you can, you can you have to spend a lot of time with them and still they're not likely to recover. Whereas if someone's lightly wounded, then with a little t- little time you can put a splint or something and soon they'll be they'll recover and they can get back to action. So it's like that. The, the whole world is very sick and many people have serious psychological problems and various problems, economic problems, health problems. But we don't try. We're not trying at, at this stage to to deal with the individuals who are in the worst situation. We're actually trying to find the people who are in the best situation to take this knowledge. Try and work with them first. And again, I'm not sure if that that, that got the point. Hare Krishna. So, shall we chant Hare Krishna? You have a question? Uh, no, I don't, I don't have any question, but I would like to to um, give my example. All right, if but you, if you don't mind, okay, we're yeah, not we running can. a democracy here. Um, <laughs> Okay, I, I can I, you, you can speak to him after it if you want, but, yes. you know, I studied these things in great depth and everyone has their opinion, but um, I'm here representing the Krishna conscious movement. It's, like I say, it's not a democracy. We came specifically to hear about the topics as presented by the Krishna conscious movement, not just everyone's opinion. Okay, so we'll sing Hare Krishna.